Learn everything you need to know about carbonara pasta from the one and only Chef Rocco Desperado. Everybody, I'm Rach, Rachel Ray, and you're listening to Cook Tracks. It's a brand new, super cool way to cook. Each episode will be right alongside you. Well, kind of, we'll be in your ear, taking you step-by-step step through a dish or a meal in real time. We'll be adding a little pinch of tips, tricks, and fun stories to keep you guys entertained and up your cooking game. Needless to say, we've got your back in the kitchen. I mean it, guys. You literally don't have to worry about a thing. I'm going to keep you on track with my buddy, Cappy. Think of him as our kind of play-by-play announcer for the cook-along. And since not all stoves are created equal, boy, do I know that. If you guys get a little caught up, just hit pause. You don't have to read a recipe, and it isn't rocket science. This is not something you're supposed to take seriously. We want you guys to have fun. Follow along, and at the end of each episode, we'll have made a dish or a meal from start to finish together. Gather up your ingredients, pour yourself a drink or a cup of tea, and turn your volume up to 11. This is Cook Tracks. Take it away, Cap. Hey everyone, it's Cappy. The episode you're about to hear was recorded as part of a virtual live at home series produced by the Food Network and Cooking Channel, New York City Wine and Food Festival. I was honored to moderate over 30 of these classes with some of the world's greatest chefs and culinary personalities. And now they're available to you right here on Cook Tracks. You can find all the ingredients and equipment you need to cook along right here in your podcast player or on our website, cooktracks.com. We hope you're ready to have some fun. And remember, some of these chefs follow these recipes to a T, while others cook from the heart and use the recipe as a guide. I want to mention that all proceeds raised from the series benefited a Restaurant Employee Relief Fund, No Kid Hungry, and Food Bank for New York City. To learn more about the At Home series, go to nycwff.org backslash at home. We appreciate all of your support. Thank you, and enjoy this episode. Welcome to the New York City Wine and Food Festival's At Home series. A little bit about today's special guest in the kitchen. He doesn't really need an introduction because you know why you're here. He's an incredible chef. He truly is one of my favorite chefs, um, one of the the first best fine dining meals and experiences I had was at his restaurant in New York City, Union Pacific. This guy's got loads of awesome cookbooks that are on my personal cookbook shelf. Uh, his most recent one, Rocco's Keto Comfort. He's incredibly charitable and in giving, supporting organizations from you know food banks to Feeding America, Wellness in the Schools, and, and probably tons more. Um, so without further ado, want to bring Rocco up on the screen. Rocco, you there? I'm here. Thank you so much, Andrew Kaplan, aka Cappy. Uh, so yeah. tonight we're we're making uh, spaghetti carbonara. Can I can I tell them what they need yet, Cappy? Yeah, yeah. So basically, folks, really quick. Here's how it's going to go down. Rocco will share what we're making. He'll run through the ingredients. We'll do a little roll call so you know what you should have in front of you, and then we'll stop for about thirty seconds or so. So if you need to run to the pantry, or the fridge, you can do so. Take it away. All right, we're making spaghetti carbonara. You've probably heard of this dish. You've probably ordered it at restaurants many, many times. Unlikely you've made it at home. Most people don't attempt to make this pasta at home. It's very simple. However, there's one moment where there's a slight magic trick that usually intimidates people, but I'm going to get you through it. What you need to have right now is a six-quart pot of water boiling on your stove. You should turn it up nice and high. Fill the pot up halfway. That means three quarts of water. The four ingredients in this dish are bacon, eggs, 
cheese, spaghetti. Four ingredients, that's it. Salt and pepper, uh, six if you count salt and pepper, but bacon, egg, and cheese. I like this dish because it reminds me of my favorite American breakfast, bacon, egg, and cheese on a roll. I call it bacon, egg, and cheese in a bowl. Uh, and whether you're using guanciale or bacon uh, or pecorino romano, as the recipe calls for, parmigiano reggiano, uh, it doesn't matter. The pasta, it also doesn't matter. Spaghetti is the classic. If you don't have spaghetti, any pasta will taste good in this sauce and will work in this sauce. And then eggs, of course, uh, you know, most people have those at home as well. I, another reason I picked this dish, not only because uh, of the deliciousness level is like 10.5, uh, but most people happen to have dry pasta, bacon, eggs, and cheese at home, especially while you're in this situation where we're sort of at home a lot and not able to shop. Um, when I ask people what they're able to cook, and I've, I've reached out to a few communities, they always tell me they have dried pasta, they have cheese, they have bacon. So this is the perfect dish to make. So make sure you have a pot of boiling water, your bacon, your eggs, your cheese, and a saute pan like this to cook your bacon in on the side. Awesome. And we'll give you guys about 30 seconds or so. If you need to run to the fridge, grab an extra egg or a little more even cheese, 40, even 50 seconds. My we'll, God, the, the, we'll, we're so generous with our time right now. We're capping it at 55 seconds, everybody. 55, that's it. That's <laughs> While you run to the fridge, I see a couple people uh, sipping on some wine and I see some people also asking, um, what's a good wine to pair with something like this, chef? So the, the cool thing about Italian food, I find, is that most Italian food goes well with most wine. It's not, uh, it's not very picky, the, the, the flavors in the dish. Um, typically, this would be a Southern Italian white. Uh, I, earlier, someone said they had a gavi di gavi. That's great. Uh, but and any uh, white table wine would work terrifically with this dish. Now, if you're using bacon and it's smoked, uh, then you've added another layer of flavor to the dish, and you can start getting into red wines. Um, a Rosso di Montalcino would be my, my pick. Uh, it's really inexpensive red wine. Uh, unlike the Brunello, which is very expensive, it's the same grapes, it's the same uh, area. It's, it's $10 a bottle instead of 75. Rosso di Montalcino would be fantastic if you're using bacon. Most of you probably are using bacon since guanciale is a little hard to find. I'll let you uh, get your ingredients together before I tell you the difference between guanciale and bacon, but rest assured, both will work. The pasta will be delicious regardless. If you're a vegetarian and you have fake and bacon, that'll work too. All we're looking for is a, a salty cured flavor from the bacon and a little bit of fat. Awesome. I'm going to snoop around this gallery here and give me a thumbs up. Let me know you're ready to rock. Everyone's got what they need. Thumbs ups, thumbs up, all around. Good, good. Let's do it. All right, everybody. So First thing you should do is turn on your stove, get your water boiling. We want it to be a rolling boil like this. This vapor should be coming out of the pot. Keep it covered so you don't evaporate all your water while you're doing other things. You'll notice I don't put the pasta in the water first. There are a couple of things we need to do before that. First, cut your bacon into small pieces like this. These are what we call lardons. Uh, they're basically one inch by quarter inch strips of bacon. Now, if you were able to find a guanciale, which is the jowl of the pig, cured and seasoned, usually with juniper, black pepper, cinnamon, those kinds of spices, and you cut a strip, it'll look just like bacon, almost identical, except it's from a different part of the pig. The bacon that we're used to is from the pig's belly, 
And that would be true for pancetta, by the way. If you're using pancetta, that would be uh, true for pancetta. It's also uh, the, the belly and the guanciale is from the jowl. Now they have slightly different inherent flavors, but they're gonna do and provide the same function regardless of which part they are. They're gonna add fat to the dish. They're gonna add a cured salumi flavor like pepperoni wood or salami or prosciutto wood. And if you're using American bacon, it's gonna add a smoky flavor, which is of course delicious. Uh, so what you, want, what you want to do is cut your guanciale or bacon into strips and then cut it across the strips like so into the lardons and then put them right in a pan. It could be nonstick, could be a regular saute pan made of stainless steel or cast iron. It really doesn't matter. And when they go in the pan, place the setting on low and don't add any fat. Allow its natural fat to render and allow it to cook and slowly melt in its own fat. Cappy, can you see if uh, anyone's up to this stage yet? Yeah. Sure. Oh, good. Okay, great. So you want, you want to cook this until the fat is translucent. You don't want crispy bacon bits here. We're not looking for, uh, you know, Caesar salad bacon bits kind of thing uh, or chopped salad bacon bits. We're looking for uh, a soft, uh, somewhat chewy texture but cooked, but not crispy. Cooked, but not crispy is what you're looking for. Okay. Once you have that done, we're still not going to add the pasta. and do one more thing. We're going to make the base of our sauce. Now, this is an emulsified egg yolk sauce, just like hollandaise, bernays, mayonnaise, so many sauces that you're familiar with that you don't realize are egg yolk emulsifications. Egg yolk is going to basically become a gel, uh, and we're going to create what's called a custard or an emulsification with egg yolk and parmigiano reggiano or pecorino if you're using pecorino. Kathy, can you just ask a show of hands how many people are using pecorino versus parmigiano? I'm curious. How about everyone? Pecorino is one and parmigiano is two. Okay. Pecorino, pecorino, parmigiano, parmigiano, parmigiano. Parmigiano, pecorino, a little more parmigiano, but a good split. Okay, good. All right. So if you're using parmigiano reggiano, it's cow's milk cheese and pecorino is sheep's milk cheese. The sheep for pecorino are usually grass fed the whole way and they add more salt to that cheese. So if you're using pecorino, don't salt the water. If you're using parmigiano reggiano, salt the water. This would be a good time to salt the water. And you want a nice handful of salt you're gonna see that the water will intensify in its boil because salt does raise the temperature of boiling water two degrees. So it'll go from 212 to 214 and boil hotter. Now let's just let that sit. When you're at the point where, yes. Question, um, if someone is making a full pound of pasta, I know it's called for six ounces, should they double it or how, how should they, is it? Uh, multiply, multiply everything by three. It'll be a little bit heavy on the bacon and sauce, but that's gonna be fine. Okay. So you use, uh, instead of three eggs, nine eggs, and instead of a quarter cup, it'll be a cup and a quarter. I'm sorry, it'll be uh, three quarters of a cup of cheese and nine ounces of bacon. Awesome. So this recipe, everyone, it's, it is easy enough. This is two nice portions, and it's easy enough to double if you yeah. want to double. Yeah, if you're cooking for two people, six ounces is going to be enough. Um, we, just, we just made this, and uh, Cappy, weren't you surprised at how big the portions look? Yeah. From yeah. the three ounces of pasta? Yeah. So it also depends on the pasta you have. If you have very thin spaghetti uh, or thick spaghetti, it'll, it'll be slightly different in mouthfeel and volume later. 
the pasta is going to absorb three times its weight, its volume in water. So it's going to expand quite a bit. Um, I have these 12 ounce packages. I'm going to use half, half for, uh, for the demo. Okay. And, so and then one more thing, question really quick. Yes, I apologize. Sure. Um, of course. No, it's fine. Oil in the pan for the pancetta. So you don't need oil in the pan. If you, if you notice your pancetta or bacon or guanciale getting very crispy and turning very brown and you want to slow it down, then you can add some olive oil and also turn the heat down all the way to low. That process should take up to 10 minutes, no more than 10 minutes. If, you're, um, if it's taking longer than 10 minutes, maybe you need a larger pan. But this size pan for the, for the recipe quantity I indicated is perfect. If you're doubling it, use a larger pan. You want it to cook in its own fat. I want to use that fat later to season the pasta as well. We're going to use every bit of that fat. Now, of course, olive oil tastes good, but this carbonara dish it has a very specific flavor. If you're looking at the, the range of flavor, carbonara is like so narrow. It's got the bacon, the pecorino, and the egg yolk flavor that makes it very, very specific. The specific time and place. It's a Roman... Roman dish that is allegedly hundreds of years old and attributed to uh, i carbonari, which were the uh, coal miners of Italy. <laughs> this apparently was a very convenient thing to make if you were a coal miner in Italy 200 years ago. Uh, bacon, egg, and cheese was apparently a thing everyone had back then as well. Uh, makes sense because bacon would be a, something that was preserved. The pecorino, of course, ages for a year before you even get it, so that's something that really doesn't ever go bad. And eggs, eggs were a thing that uh, most people had access to. Although uh, eggs, eggs are considered, at a couple points in Italy's history, a luxury item, most people had chickens of their own and would eat the eggs. But sometimes it was, um, there's a famous story of uh, when a relative comes over, do you serve them the chicken or the eggs, depending on how much you wanted to revere them, right? If you serve them the chicken, then you had no more eggs. Uh, but if you serve them the eggs, you didn't show them enough love and honor. Uh, there's a funny joke that goes along with it. Someday, someday someone very funny will tell it to you. But uh, uh, so eggs are something that were considered sort of plentiful and the, something you would take, put in your pocket for lunch. Now, this would be the kind of thing they would just whip up on the side, by the way, on their own. It wasn't like their, you know, significant other made it for them and put it in their lunchbox. That's not the way it worked. They would make this themselves. You'll see when you make this pasta, you really want to eat it the minute it's done. It's not the kind of pasta you can make in advance and sort of reheat, although it will taste great. Don't get me wrong. Tomorrow morning, if you want to eat leftovers, you know, put it in a double boiler, microwave, whatever you do to heat it up, saute it, it'll be delicious. But uh, there's nothing like the first bite of carbonara fresh out of the bowl, as you're going to see. So next thing you should be doing. So right now you should have boiling water with salt in it. If you're using Parmigiano Reggiano, if you're using Pecorino, no salt. Your bacon should be cut and in a pan cooking on low, sort of simmering in its own melted fat. Next thing you want to do is separate your eggs. The egg yolks are the sauce, the, the base of the sauce. So we're going to um, separate the yolks from the eggs. I've got room temperature eggs. These are brown eggs. Any color egg works. By the way, the only difference between brown and white and blue is the chicken. Certain chickens lay brown eggs, certain chickens lay white eggs, certain chickens lay blue eggs, red eggs. I've seen, I've seen a myriad of colors. Um, whoever didn't know that, raise your hand. I'm just curious. Now we put the yolk into the bowl. This bowl is where we're going to make the pasta. 
That yolk is just sitting there by itself right now. Let's do this with three eggs. If you want to make it a little creamier, a little richer, a little more unctuous, you could just add one more yolk. And if your eggs are small, add one more yolk. Otherwise, three is the perfect amount. It's okay if a little bit of egg white ends up in there. It's not, not a bad thing. Uh, the egg white will cook like eggs, though, and the yolk will cook like a sauce. You're basically making a sauce out of the egg yolks. You're going to dilute them with the hot water that, that the pasta's cooked in. There are plenty of recipes out there that call for whole eggs. Now, I believe that that was an accommodation made for the American audience because it's not authentic to the recipe. Most people in Italy will separate the eggs. They'll cook these egg whites and eat them for breakfast or feed them to their dogs or make a souffle or whatever you want to do with egg whites. There's loads of uses for them. Um, the recipe with whole eggs will work. If you're fast enough, it will work. It's not authentic, and you do get a little dilution in flavor. The combination of pecorino, pecorino and egg yolk is really intense and very specific and very delicious. Now, you add to these egg yolks your quarter cup of pecorino or parmigiano. If you're using parmigiano-reggiano, you're probably using a one-year-old, which is what most people have, add, add a little bit more. Of course, we're going to be adding more later, and we're going to top it with more. Uh, but it's a good idea to add a little bit more now. And then mix the yolks with the cheese. And what you want is the something that looks like wet sand. You know when you go near the ocean right on the shoreline and you dig the sand up and it's, uh, it's very thick, but it keeps moving? That's what you want to look like. So I, I've noticed already that this is a little thicker than I'm used to. That's because these eggs are a little bit small. So I'm going to add one more egg. This is on-the-fly change. Cooking is dynamic. You have to pay attention. Look at, look at the recipe, of course, but also look at the results. Look at what's happening in front of you and make decisions. Now, I only know this because I make this recipe all the time. If you haven't made this before, don't beat yourself up for not knowing that. There's no way you could have known. Okay, so this, this mixture, and you can see it doesn't matter what you mix with. I'm using... Tweezers, you can use a whisk, spoon, fork. But this mixture is going to be the base for our sauce. I just want to know how many people are up to this point right now and caught up. It's very cool, by the way. I don't always get to cook with people at the same time. Uh, and if, you, if you're doing that, often you're in the same room. So this is a, a really cool virtual experiment. Cappy, how many people are have boiling water, egg yolks cracked, bacon ready to go? Give me some thumbs up on the screen. I see a thumbs up from Nikki. Thank you. Nice. Bobby. Nice. Denise. Nice. Raymond. Looking good. Don't worry. I'm not going to go through hundreds of you. I'm just getting the gist. Randy, Rachel, Gonzalez family. Thank you for using that thumbs up emoji. <laughs> we can give them a little more time if you want to take some questions. No problem. This is uh, about this time is when you would add the pasta. So when you have everything ready, your bacon is cook till translucent. And again, let me just make sure you, you understand what translucent is. Translucent means light passes through it. And I could literally prove to you that these are indeed translucent because the sunlight coming from over there is passing through the fat on this. So yours should look like that. Not like crispy breakfast bacon. And it's always a good idea to give it a taste to make sure it's tender because 
translucent bacon tends to scare people. Everyone thinks it's not cooked, but remember it's cured and aged. So by the time you put it in a pan, it's already transformed from a raw product to a cooked product. All right. A lot of people like to open their pasta by doing this. I think it looks cool, but you end up breaking a lot of the pasta. So I'm not gonna do that. And I'm gonna advise you don't, you don't as well. This is a 12 ounce bag. I'm just gonna take out half, half the pasta, about six ounces. Of course, we're not gonna measure it. Hey chef, after you drop, um, after you do the pasta, can you give us a quick peek inside the bowl of the egg and cheese mixture again? Absolutely. Awesome. I can do that now for you. So this is what your egg and cheese mixture should look like. Wet sand. It's still moving around. You can see that once you hydrate it with the water from the pasta, it's going to become a basically an emulsified sauce like mayonnaise, hollandaise, bernaise, all of those, all of those lovely egg-based egg sauces. All right. Is everybody ready to drop the pasta? Buta la pasta. Mm -hmm. This is uh, the big moment, ready? There you go. Throw it like that in the pot. Make sure it swirls around so you get a lot of surface area so that the pasta will soften and bend uh, quickly and end up submerged under, under the water. You wanna keep it on high, you wanna keep it at a rolling boil. The minute the pasta falls into the water, we're gonna start stirring it like crazy to make sure that it doesn't stick together. Right now, we're gonna. We're fine. We're not worried about it sticking together. And if you're using fresh pasta, maybe wait to drop that. Is that right, Rocco? Yeah. If you're using fresh pasta, you're gonna cook that literally at the last second. So wait, wait eight minutes or so, uh, and and tell me how that is. I've never made this with fresh pasta. I'd love to know what that's like. There are certain sauces that are designed for pasta asciutto, which means dried pasta, like this is. And certain sauces that are designed for pasta fresca. Um, there are fresh pastas made without eggs. That would be great for this dish, spaghetti being one of them. Um, and if you're cooking with fresh pasta, just let me know how it comes out. Should be very interesting. Okay, so my pasta is falling and basically submerged. So I'm gonna help it a little bit and then I'm gonna stir. Uh, this is where it can get stuck. After this point, you're home free. So let's just get through this together. Take a fork. Try to avoid using tongs. Tongs tend to crush and break things. Look at these, look at these jaws. They're very powerful. Avoid using those. We'll use those later to remove the pasta from the water. Right now, you wanna use something a little more delicate like these tweezers or a large roasting fork or a saute fork or a literal fork to eat with. You know, our grandmothers did everything with a fork. Every, every, every piece of cooking equipment they had was a fork for, for every use. And then that one little ratty knife that they used for about 80 years that was never sharp, the handle was broken, worked, it worked great though, and it was the best food you ever had. All right, so now all of my pasta is submerged beneath the three quarts of water. I'm gonna taste the water, make sure it's seasoned well, and it is. I also decided to use Parmigiano-Reggiano today because I know most of you are using Parmigiano-Reggiano and I wanna get very similar results. Okay, now pasta's totally submerged and moving and I'm gonna give it 30 stirs. So I'm gonna count to myself one, two, three, all the way up to 30, like you're making a Negroni. 30 seconds of stirring, 
and that will be good for the rest of the balance of the cooking time. All you're doing is making sure that each individual strand of spaghetti is getting coated in the hot water and that the starches on the outside of each individual strand sort of firm up and seal up while they're apart from the other strands so they don't stick together. There's no point in putting olive oil or any fats in this water that uh, literally adds nothing to the process and just wastes good olive oil. Yes. Yes, Kathy. I literally was about to ask that question. <laughs> yeah, so adding olive oil at this, at this point would just be um, uh, a good way to use up your olive oil and uh, have to go buy more for no, no reason. It won't stick to the pasta. It won't prevent the pasta from sticking to each other. It'll just float on top because flat fat uh, floats. Fat is uh, lower in density than water. It floats on top. Um, so it, it won't help in any way. Uh, save that olive oil for another dressing or something like that. Okay, so at this point, you should have spaghetti in the water coming to a boil again. You should have your sauce base, egg yolk and cheese. You should have your cooked bacon. And this is what this is how we finish the dish. We add this bacon to the to the pasta at the end. Just leave it on the side for now. It's okay that it's room temp. You should have your discard here, which is a couple of shells and some egg whites. And if you're unsure about the amount of bacon or you want, you think you want more, just add a little bit more. It's okay. Don't Nobody's counting. Nobody's going to judge. Some people like this dish because of the bacon. So go ahead and help, help yourself. Now, if you don't have bacon, I've seen people make this dish with salami, ham, uh, prosciutto, every kind of cured meat, speck. All of those will do the same thing that the bacon will do. Many of those are not smoked, so you won't get a smoky flavor, but the original flavor is just cured and not smoked anyway. This guanciale is not smoked. It's just cured. So it's, uh, if you're using something like salami or prosciutto, then you're going to get something very close to the original intent of the dish. Uh, let's make sure this is still in good shape. Yep. This is good. We have a Kim, Kim D has made carbonara with fresh pasta and says it's delicious. So Kim D... It's all on you. And is Kim D using fresh pasta tonight? I don't know, Kim D. Where are you? Let's see. Well, we're going to have to see that. We're going to have to see that at the end. Be prepared no, to show and tell no, later. Not making, we're not making a fresh pasta tonight. <laughs> oh, you're not? Okay. No. Which, which, what kind of, when you make it, what kind of pasta do you make? Is it spaghetti also? We make a or like pettuccine. We have like the little oh, okay, sure. Yeah. Oh, Got it. Kitchen aid attachment. Okay, cool. It makes sense. I mean, it should taste amazing. And is it pasta with eggs or pasta without eggs when you make it fresh? Uh, it's got eggs. Got eggs. Okay, good. Really That's, good. There's two, there's two kinds of fresh pasta. Of course, there's ones with eggs, ones without eggs. And um, Italians will tell you each of them have their own kind of flavor and texture and, and go with certain sauces. But uh, they also will tell you it doesn't matter. So it's very confusing. They sometimes care about the rules. Most of the time, they don't. Depends on how much wine we've drunk. <laughs> what wine are you guys drinking out there? Let me know. Let's see. All yeah, right. type, type it in. I got it. We got a, We got sangria, rosé, white claws, Montepulciano, Chianti, nice. Prosecco, <laughs> mixed bag. The ultimate drink with your fresh pasta carbonara is <laughs> the white de claw, <laughs> the, the forty ounce can. <laughs> All right. So my pasta is about halfway cooked. 
Uh, you, you can see it's not droopy. It's still sort of holding its straight shape. So let's let it cook a little bit more. And when it's 75 to 80% cooked, we're gonna take it out and make the sauce. Now, because normally this is a very fast process. This is a 12 minute, 15 minute uh, situation. If you're cooking by yourself and you're not conducting a class, of course. Uh, so because we are conducting a class and we're all cooking together, this has been left outside a little bit longer than it normally would be left outside. So I'm going to add some water to it because it's getting a little dry and I'm a little nervous about it. So I'm just gonna moisten it with some water just to give it a fighting chance. I don't want it to be hard as a rock and dry when I add all that hot pasta water. So I'm moistening it. Now, if yours did the same thing and you got nervous, feel free to add some room temperature water and give it a little more life again. Again, Can if we were cooking this- Rocco steel the versus, bowl? Sure. Yes. versus glass maybe so, or something else? Yes, this, is, this bowl is where we're gonna make the pasta. The pasta will not go into a pan. It will not enter a colander. It will not be drained and then go into a pan full of sauce. This is where the sauce will be made, inside this bowl. And you wanna use stainless steel because you want, it to make, you want to make sure it stays nice and hot. And you wanna use a professional cooking bowl because it's, it's got a shape that allows you to toss things and turn things. If you use a serving bowl, it'll be very hard for you to toss the pasta the way I'm gonna to toss it when it's done. Listen, it, it probably will work in a serving bowl. It's just gonna be a little less convenient, a little less, uh, a little less troublesome or a little more troublesome for you to do. Okay, so the pasta is now starting to look very droopy. It's starting to look cooked. I'm gonna taste it. Mmm, that is perfect. Wow, amazing. Really caught it at a good time. All right, so we're gonna get ready to combine all the ingredients. Now, when I say combine all the ingredients, grab the tongs now or a scoop or a, a, a spider or whatever it is you're gonna use to scoop the pasta out of the pot. We're not gonna drain the pasta. We want this pasta water to stick to the pasta because it's part of the sauce. It's called l'acqua di cottura. It's the cooking liquid. And you hear about this a lot. And what you see is people sort of reserving the water on the side. They'll put it in a pot and you'll see a recipe that says reserve, you know, two cups of cooking pasta cooking liquid. There's no point in doing that when you can simply use the liquid as you're making the dish, which is what we're gonna do. When I remove the pasta from this pot, I am not gonna allow it to drain. I'm gonna do it so fast that the water will stick to the pasta and end up in the sauce. And that's what I want you to do as well. So if you have a colander out, put it away, you don't need it. And if you're about to you know, tell your whole family to get out of your way and make sure the dogs are not underneath your feet and uh, you're worried about accidentally murdering someone with a pot of boiling water, no need to anymore. And by the way, you should do this with all your pasta cooking. There really is no reason to drain the big pot of pasta into the sink and cause all that, all that hair to go crazy. You know what I'm saying? It's terrible for the hair. <laughs> Makes my hair so curly and frizzy. All right, Cappy, is everybody ready to um, take the pasta out of the pan? Everyone ready to emulsify? How's it looking, everyone? Yeah, yeah, I think everyone's ready. All right, so what you do is hold bowl in one hand, remove pasta with other hand, and hold the bowl next to the boiling water and pasta, and quickly add 
the pasta to the bowl of eggs and cheese. Okay, five scoops I've gotten, I've gotten it all out. Then you wanna stir it. And this is where the pasta water does its work. You wanna to toss this until it gets thicker and thicker and thicker. As I'm tossing this, the egg yolks are cooking. The water is evaporating. The cheese is melting. It's becoming a sauce. This is called sauteing, by the way. When you saute something, this is what you're doing. You're throwing, sauteing means a leap. We're making this pasta leap so that we can mix it well with all the sauces. It's also called glazing. This is what you see someone do who makes great pasta. At the end of the pasta, they'll put it in a pan, they'll toss it you know, dozens of times, hundreds of times sometimes. And you're wondering what the hell is going on in there, but they're actually making sure all the pasta is glazed. Now you want to taste it, make sure that all the flavors are there. Mm. All right. I want a little more cheese and I want a little more salt. And this is where you add the black pepper. Black pepper is what makes it carbonara. It would not be carbonara if you didn't add a lot of fresh black pepper. I think it's a uh, reference or a nod to the fact that it was coal miners, but it also tastes amazing. All right, mix it again. You just keep mixing until that sauce is thickened, emulsified, and tastes great. You can keep adjusting. I'm glad I added that water. I feel like it would have been not hydrated enough and maybe the eggs would have scrambled. If you guys have scrambled eggs, add a little bit more pasta cooking liquid. If you feel like your eggs are scrambled, you just add a little more of this right now and that'll help alleviate that problem. By the way, you would do this right at the table or right in front of your guests. It's a pretty cool trick. All right, this is where you add your bacon. The whole thing's gonna go with all three ounces with all the fat. All that fat, let it all go in there. It's part of the seasoning of the pasta. And then you mix again. We have a 38th wedding anniversary. I don't know if it's the Amarone family or if this family is drinking Amarone. <laughs> so congratulations. Either way, either way, they're probably feeling good and are very happy. 38 years. Wow, amazing. Thank you for celebrating with us. Yeah. We really appreciate that. All right. Has everyone gotten to the point where their pasta is in some sort of vessel Let's covered see. in cheese and bacon, seasoned with black pepper? Verified? Did you verify it? Let's see. Let's oh, see. hold it up! Hold man. it up! I love mm. people tossing their pasta. This is fantastic. So good. So good. Theo, Theodore looks good. Kendra, nice. Bead, nice. Love it. If it gets a little cold, you can put it right on top of the pot. It'll stay nice and hot. Happy seventh anniversary to the Nathan family. Very nice, lucky seven. Anybody from Queens in the house? Raise your hand, give me a thumbs up. Queens? Let's see, Queens, Queens. Gotta be one person from Queens. <laughs> all right, all right, so the pasta should be perfect now. It should have a thick, unctuous sauce coating each strand. The sauce should be bright yellow because the egg yolks really do decide what color the sauce is going to be. 
should be mixed with the bacon like that. I hope you can you see this, Cappy? Yes. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. This does it help to does this it help is, to bring it closer? This is the mouthwatering part. All right, so now we're gonna plate. Remember what I told you, this is a lot of pasta. It's, it's only six ounces, but it's gonna end up being large portions. All right, so you take with your tongs, your tweezers, in no particular manner. Some people like to do a lot of fancy things here. I'm cool with just twirling a big forkful. Now you notice the sauce is not like um, a typical tomato sauce that sort of drips around and, and falls everywhere. All the sauce is really stuck to the pasta, and that's what you want. Let's just make sure everyone's got the equal amount of pasta. Starving. And then, <laughs> I know, this is a very mouth drooly moment. You can actually hear it in my voice as I pronounce words. You can hear the, <laughs> you can hear my saliva. Oh, now you top it with the bacon. Again, this is a emulsified egg yolk sauce. And that's what makes it carbonara. Someone says they quadrupled the recipe. I love it. <laughs> Good for you. Very smart. Uh, very likely I'm going to eat both of these portions. Now, again, there's only three ounces of pasta per person, but these are large bowls, and look at how much is in there. They're about a pound of food each. All right, top it with more cheese. Lots of cheese. If you're using pecorino, a little less. But you want it to look like fresh powder on the mountain, fresh tracks. You want it basically completely covered with a nice thin layer of the cheese. And now more black pepper on top. And you want it to be kind of rough. Use fresh, please. It makes a really big difference. And this is what your spaghetti carbonara should look like at this point. Who's with me right now? Who's with me? Show us, show us your dishes. Let's see that. Hold up your bowls. Nice, Stephanie. Nice, Erica. Nice, Kimberly. Jim, looking good. Max, good job. Love it. Hey, Rocco, how about if someone wants to add some fresh herbs or spice it up with crushed red pepper? Yeah, absolutely. Feel free to. If you want to add red pepper, this is a perfect time to do it. Pepperoncino, we call it crushed red pepper flakes. Uh, if you want to add herbs, parsley is a great one. Uh, anything more aromatic than that might interfere, but who cares if you've got herbs, you want to use them, go for it. Uh, again, I just want to make sure you can see what this looks like before I dig in. Add shallots. Kendra said she, she wanted to add shallots. Listen, adding onion to this dish wouldn't be a bad idea. It uh, typically doesn't call for onion or garlic, which is unusual, right? Because many, many pasta dishes start out with onion and garlic, but this one doesn't. But if you want to, feel free, feel free and give it a try. Hey Rocco, could you validate something for me? I once heard from a chef that a lot of a lot of recipes in Italy, if they use onion, they don't use garlic, and if they use garlic, they don't use onion. Is that? Uh, I, I haven't read the rule book quite <laughs> the same. I, I I haven't seen that rule in the in the Italian uh, law book of cooking. Yeah. Uh, but they typically don't have both in every dish, and don't have garlic in every dish, unlike. Uh, what's commonly believed here. Everyone, I think most people in America think every pasta dish starts with garlic, and that's just not true. You know, many, many, many don't. In Southern Italy, they typically start most pasta dishes with uh, basil, olive oil, garlic, and pepperoncino in the pan. 
as a sofrito. And in Northern Italy, it's usually a piece of speck or bacon or guanciale uh, and, uh, and onion sometimes. And then usually there's a creamy, buttery kind of thing added to that. This is creating a creamy feeling without actually using cream. A lot of people think there is cream in this dish and butter in this dish, and neither of those are in here. So who's with me? Are we ready to taste? Cappy, I wish I could give you this other plate. I made it for you, I symbolically. A <laughs> uh, virtual bowl of pasta just does not see, do it can justice. Can you see what people are, are – can you see if people are Yeah, I see people twirling a fork. holding. All right, here we go. Good. Uh, someone said, I already started tasting without you. <laughs> this is amazing. You should You should – literally be unable to wait to taste this if it's come out half as good as it's supposed to all right randy says my 15 year old approves you know it must be mm. good now mm. Mm. <laughs> love it mm. Thank you. oh my goodness oh my goodness <laughs> i love it wow. awesome awesome oh. that's it that's it there you have it everyone thank you again to chef rocco disparado and thank you all for your support please stay safe and stay healthy have a good evening whether you just listen for fun or you actually cooked along with us we thank you if you did cook this recipe take a pic and tag it with hashtag cook tracks let us know how it came out because we want to see it keep up to date with us on instagram at cook tracks or at cooktracks.com Cook Tracks is cooked up by my friends, Cappy, Ian Cohen, and Charlie DiGiello. And sometimes they let me, Rachel Ray, help out too. With editing from Joel Yeaton. Music has been composed by Jeffrey David Goldford. Please rate and review or subscribe to this podcast on your listening site of choice. Thank you for listening to Cook Tracks. We've got your back in the kitchen.